My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hello and welcome to She Started It with Angelica Malin, the podcast that celebrates incredible, inspiring women who are at the top of their industries, from food to fashion, law to politics. This is a podcast about celebrating female entrepreneurship, power and potential, exploring what it really takes to be a trailblazer in today's world. I'm your host, entrepreneur and journalist Angelica Malin, and every week I'll be asking a new guest for their three career turning points and answering the question we've all wondered at some point, how did she start it? She Started It with Angelica Malin is kindly sponsored by Bloom and Wild. If you're like me and you love having fresh flowers around you while you're relaxing at home, but I hate having to carry them around with me all day, and who's ever home long enough to arrange a delivery anymore? Bloom and Wild have got us covered. They're the UK's top-rated online florist, and they deliver right to your letterbox. So you can get fresh buds ready to flower, they can last up to 10 days, and you don't even have to worry about being home for the delivery. They'll give you £10 off your first order with the code SHE. Straight and simple, S-H-E. They offer free next day delivery up to 10pm. They ship across the UK, France and Germany, so they've got you covered. So head on over to blueandwild.com, use the offer code SHE so they know I sent you, and treat yourself. Callie Thorpe is a plus-size blogger, Instagrammer, and all-round sassy Welsh girl. Callie is a trailblazer in the body positivity space, most recently launching the Confidence Corner, a platform for others to share their self-love stories and practice body positivity. Callie, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you for having me. I managed to read out the introduction without messing it up, so... You did a great job. I've, I've succeeded today. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about what you do? Oh, it's hard to explain because I think I can't really ever pin it down. I'm like an online digital creator, but I'm a body positive a- advocate and sometimes plus-size model. I do speaking panels and I kind of really just kind of share my message about self-love and body positivity with young women who... I feel are like the most ill-treated in society and just kind of share that message of just being okay and being good with who you are and not trying to constantly change yourself which I think is really hard when you're young and vulnerable to that. It sounds like your career has kind of changed and evolved and it's yeah. moulded into lots of different things perhaps avenues that you didn't even know you were going to end up. Yeah into. absolutely I mean when I first started blogging very like seven years ago I actually was writing a diet diary online about trying to lose weight I was in a really difficult space in my life I just finished uni all my friends moved 
like away and was traveling and doing all those friends things. And I, you know, I decided to stay in London and get a job. And I just was working at Sainsbury's in an admin job, like doing two jobs, like split between the two. I wasn't really happy. I was kind of stressed about like the direction of my life. I wanted to be a teacher um, and I kept failing my math GCSE and I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. And I was just like, this is just awful. And I just didn't know where I wanted, what I wanted to do with my life. I went to uni doing religious studies and human rights and wanted to work in a charity, but couldn't get in there either. And it was just really tough. So I was going through this like crisis of like self image crisis and just like constantly not sure, like what I was going to do with myself and I just really felt like everything that was going wrong was because of my weight and so I put this huge pressure on myself and thought that if I didn't lose weight I would never be successful or Mm -hmm. happy and so this kind of first blog I made was from a very negative space and it wasn't a very happy time and it kind of did a 360 later on because after sharing online trying to lose weight I was convinced that sharing this blog would help me lose weight and I would be and at the end of it I would lose all the weight I'd be happy but actually doing the blog made me worse I felt like a lot more anxiety with having to share the fact that I was losing or gaining weight week to week Mm. and just putting so much pressure on myself to kind of fit this new mold that i made up in my head that was going to make me be everything I wanted to be in the end I kind of ended up getting rid of that blog because it got to a point where I was unhealthily dieting where I was drinking laxative teas I got addicted to them I made myself very sick I you know I was just in a really bad place mentally Mm -hmm. and it was only when I kind of did a 360 where I found another blog in America who wrote about body positivity that I realized that I had been living a really kind of sad and miserable life where I realized that I never really gave myself a chance to love myself as I was and that I could still want to take care of my health and look after myself but also be kind to myself and also realizing that mental health is as important as physical health Mm. and so yeah that was kind of like how it all switched around and (laughs) how long were you keeping that online diet diary it wasn't for very long I think in total it was maybe only five six months Mm. but during that time it was just a place that I was so self-deprecating I would put up images of myself from when I was younger and say, you know, look how much weight I've put on and look at me in this hideous dress. And, you know, I was sharing like what I was eating, but I got, I just got so addicted to, you know, counting everything. I got really obsessed with kind of just dieting in general. And like, you know, if I didn't lose any weight that week, I would just punish myself. I would be so hard on myself or I'd go the opposite way and I would binge. And it was just really difficult for me to kind of just be kind to myself at any point in in that because it was like if I lost weight it wasn't enough if I didn't lose weight I wasn't either way I wasn't really getting anywhere and like because actually we live in a a society which really values like weight loss and the culture of being slimmer is more this is deemed as more attractive and, and the better version a lot of people really were into the blog so at the beginning I was like wow, everybody really wants me to lose weight. Mm. So it kind of like spurred me on more, but that's kind of how it turned more ang- like anxiety-driven. So. Definitely. It's a bit similar to Slimming World, isn't it? Yeah. People are like constantly checking in and that public approval of yeah. your weight loss just puts such a focus on it. Yeah. Like I used to do, go to Slimming World, actually. I used to sit in the group and I used to be there like not losing weight and like I would cry in front of like 15 strangers mm. and I would see the same women coming who'd been seven years. They would come back and it was just, yeah, it was it was a dark, a dark time but it was amazing how I managed to turn it around into something way more positive 
And so, yeah, that's kind of what do you think of people sharing their diet kind of journeys on social media now? Do you think it's positive or negative? Honestly, I genuinely believe in body autonomy and I believe that like we're all adults and like, you know, the decisions that we make are they're up to us. But ultimately, I think a lot of people don't know how much damage can be done with the pushing of diet culture. I think for me, I don't have a problem with people losing weight. In fact, I think that if people feel they should, they should do whatever makes them feel good. But I think the confusion, I, the worry I have is with a lot of kind of before and after images. Mm-hmm. It's like where people talk so badly about themselves previously. And and unfortunately, like it's a, an actual scientific statistic that only 95% of people who lose weight they just gain it all back mm. and five percent so five percent of people are you know are losing weight and the 95 percent of people are fame which means if they put that weight back on again it's like this vicious circle of mm. self-hatred and i think before and afters can be quite complicated um but no i don't i don't i think that a lot of what i believe is how i curate my own feed it's like I just wouldn't follow something that I knew would trigger me in that way because I do believe everyone has to make their own journey and path to learn what they need to learn. I just wish people were more open mm. to understanding how other people feel and how their words and what they share can affect other people. Mm. But ultimately, I don't tell people what to do because it's not my job. We're all adults at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, we're not aware of how triggering this might be. Yeah. We're taking these images all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I do have a problem. What I do have a problem with is... is um, influencers that are like selling skinny teas mm. and you know hugging the next bloody appetite suppressant sweet and protein shakes that they and you know where they're kind of doing before and afters that are altered with face tune and you know that I have a real problem with because I think it's irresponsible because it's not it's scientifically is is false and it's encouraging really dangerous kind of unhealthy disordered eating behaviors which I believe if we kind of stopped all that from now the children going into the future won't have as many eating issues as we all do mm. and so I do have a problem with that and I have called a few people out on it because I just think is I just think you know how much money do you really need like why do you have to take money to do that I just don't understand it and I just don't think it's positive in any way so yeah there are certain levels that I don't that I would say mm. I don't agree with and I would call out but and know. it's sometimes these celebrities in the millions the Kim Kardashians of this yeah. world who are the worst culprits yeah. and like do you really need yeah. that money from that lollipop that's, brand that's the thing and I, I find that really frustrating because I always think of a scene in Erin Brock have you ever seen Erin Brockovich I have. you know the bit in they're in the they're in the the boardroom and she they're talking about uh, trying to pay off what they've done by poisoning the water of the people in the, this area and they're talking all about it and she says about the cost of how much being ill would be and then the woman goes to drink a drink and she's like oh I brought that water from this Hinkley well which is poison water and she doesn't want to drink it Mm. and I always think about the same thing like Kim Kardashian would you give that to your kids like Mm. if your kids were 16, 17 and saying to you I want to lose weight would you go pull out the appetite suppressant lolly and say have one of these absolutely wouldn't happen Mm. and so that's when I get frustrated because I'm like it's you're selling a false like you're selling lies Mm. and that's not fair um because it's totally irresponsible it's irresponsible so yeah that's where I have a problem 
I mean, isn't Kim going to be a lawyer now? I don't even know what's going on. It's just <laughs> yeah, wild. Strange yeah. career trajectory, yeah. but you know. She'll get her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she can explain herself. Yeah. Um, so in each episode of She Started It, I'm asking my guests for three turning points in their careers. So you've told me a couple of things that you feel like were important, kind of pivotal yeah. moments. So can you talk to me a little bit about the first one, which was your first modelling job? Yes. So when I first started blogging about you just actually on the self-love journey, I was just documenting day to day new outfits and what I was doing and like you know trying new styles and kind of learning what it felt like to be confident as a plus size woman because I always felt like I didn't deserve to be fashionable I never wore any stylish clothes I used to live in like leggings and baggy tops and you know I was always kind of just felt like I didn't belong in the, in the fashion world and when I started sharing like trying new clothes a brand called Evans who was like one of the oldest plus size fashion brands in the UK reached out to me and said we would love to invite you to to an event and then on I met up with a few people at the event and then that week they emailed me and said we we really loved meeting you and we'd like you to come and do a photo shoot with us and I was just like oh my god it was you know I just never thought that I'd ever be asked to do that you know I just started my blog it was only like a month or something when I got asked and I was like what the hell and we we went to it was shot in Oxford Circus the first shoot was in Oxford Circus. It was with the Times magazine, and the piece was all about body positivity. It was this was very, this was seven years ago, so there was like no one really talking about this in mm. the UK. And I remember also going for dinner that night with Liz Jones, who used to write mm. for the Daily Mail. It was just so surreal, yeah, Liz controversial, Jones. yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's really interesting. <laughs> I could tell you a few stories about her, but I won't. But yeah, it was really interesting just to be there because I grew up in Wales and like I just never imagined I'd be, you know, I was having dinner at the Riding House Calf with like, you know, Liz Jones and there were celebrities in the room with me and it was just, it was just wild. And so that was like a real pivotal moment in the beginning of, wow, something is changing like something's happening in my life mm. and I didn't know where it was going or what it would end up like being but at the time it was just so exciting for me and this photo shoot we did was actually filmed in I think it was called Elton Palace in South East London and it was with a design duo called Clements Ribeiro they're actually really famous designers but they did a collaboration with Evans and it was just really cool like, I had like my hair and makeup done and it was just an incredible opportunity and that was kind of the beginning stages of me thinking that maybe I could do something different and that I could find I could find a real joy in this and that's kind of how it really began. And did you still have a full-time job at that point? Oh uh, yeah, I had a full-time job. Only in, I've only recently just finished. I just quit my job in February, so I actually had a part-time job, but I was full-time for a long time actually. Mm. It was really weird because I was living this uh, for a long time I was living this dual life yeah. where I was like doing one thing and then at the weekends doing everything for my blog and yeah it was really interesting but that was definitely the, the beginning of a really exciting time in my life where I that was I, I do owe a lot to Evans in that sense because I really changed how I felt about myself from them because I felt like I was so nervous about doing that photo shoot but it really helped push me to realizing that I could actually like myself and I remember seeing the images and thinking I look really nice yeah it just was really positive experience how did you find the confidence to step up to that opportunity I just I was so nervous but I just thought this opportunity might never come around again and so if I say no to this what am I I just I just thought like this if I say no to this I'm going to regret this and I didn't want to I didn't want to have any regrets and I was at this point in my life where I was like nothing can be worse than how I felt recently so even if it scares me I should just do it because ultimately 
you know, fear is actually a really important emotion and it's often, you know, hidden by excitement sometimes where we're scared, but we feel scared, but actually it's a mix of excitement. And I just thought, I just need to do this for myself and prove to myself that I deserve to do something like this. And so, yeah, I'm really glad that I did it. And what was the response to the photos like? Oh, it was amazing. I remember it was actually in the Times paper, so it was the Times magazine. And I remember getting it at home and all my friends and all were like, we were all reading it in my flat share. And then like all my friends and family on Facebook were sharing it it was kind of just really incredible I remember sharing like the behind the scenes when it first happened and said like something exciting is coming out soon and then when it actually came out I was just I was literally bubbling over with excitement <laughs> I was so excited and all my family and friends back in Wales were really excited for me because they were like oh my god you know so she's gone to London and this yeah happened. and then the images that we shot so that was with the Times magazine but the images we shot with the campaign with Evans was on like built like it was in their front stores you know it was in stores nationwide it was on their websites and you know so I was like my god I could actually go into a shop and see myself on a on it's a been amazing. board it's amazing having felt so low about yourself like that must have yeah, been amazing yeah it was incredible yeah and then tell me about your second career turning point so the second major career turning point was when I applied for competition with Marie Claire there was a competition to become Marie Claire's or actually the UK's first ever plus-size fashion columnist. And I saw it go live. And at this point, I've been blogging for a little while. I think I've been blogging two and a bit years. And I was, you know, I'd been, I'd done quite well at that point. I'd been working with lots more brands and I'd done a few more photo shoots. And, you know, I, I, I definitely had improved in confidence, but I still felt like something like that was kind of out of reach for me because I, you know, I was kind of making my own little story and building my own community and sharing fashion, but I never felt like I would really fit in the fashion industry in the mainstream in the mainstream fashion industry I, I didn't have any real real experience I wasn't a professional writer so I saw this competition come up which was to write a piece to, to win to be a columnist for Marie Claire and I a few people sent it to me they're like are you going to apply and I said like, I just don't think I'm going to get it so I don't know if it's worth it I just really was so nervous I don't know why but I was just like I don't want to do it I don't want to do it and I remember it was the last day of submitting and actually the day before the last day of submitting and I was just like, I don't know if I can do it. And I remember writing it on the tube in the morning on the way to work. I worked in just near um, Tottenham Court Road, actually, in, for a university and in the morning and it was a long commute. I used to live in Putney. So I had like a 50 minute commute and I was just typing and like, just on my notes mm. and I just like started pouring out all these thoughts I had and it was the title of the piece was Body Positivity, the open invite, like saying everyone invited to Body Positivity and kind of discussing about the change in me and how I'd become how I've become more confident and how I'd allowed myself the opportunity to feel successful and feel happy mm. and to just love myself and have respect for myself and in turn have respect for others. And that was what the piece was about. And I kind of just really poured everything into this piece. And I was like, oh, it wasn't like professional. And I remember getting the notes and emailing myself at work and just copying it into a Word document. And then I just sent it off really last minute. I think maybe. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Three hours before the closing time. And then a few weeks later, I didn't hear anything. And then a few weeks later, I got an email to say that I'd been shortlisted down to six people out of like hundreds and thousands of people. And I was just like, oh my God. I just was like, I was shaking. I was like, this is crazy. I just couldn't believe it. And and then, yeah, I got an email to say, you've won. <laughs> we loved your piece. Amazing. And we'd like to, we'd like to um, share it on Marie Claire on the website. And so I shared it and it was like really emotional for me because I felt like I'd poured everything into it and everything in there I wrote was true and honest and it was just that you know it was the but finding body positivity and finding a community where I felt I could like myself is the first time I've ever felt included in anything and I you know just how much you know having a positive outlook and having just a better self-worth like having a better self-worth about myself had changed like the trajectory of my life and how I treated others how I viewed my life how positive I became and just like feeling like I deserved to have things which I Mm. never felt like I did before Mm. and so it was really positive and so yeah I was I actually did that for I think six maybe six to eight months I did it I had to do it was actually in the magazine so I would do a few I did first of all I did some shoots on set it was really amazing going in to the offices and being like hello I'm the columnist Marie Claire it was really cool it was hard I must admit when I first did it I felt really out of place I didn't feel like I I did still didn't feel like I fit in there but I just thought you know what even if you're not very good at this at least you're doing it, at least you tried and it's just something I can always like tell my grandkids when I'm older <laughs> I've kept all my magazines I've got all like all of the pieces I wrote and yeah, it was really, really cool and really special. I really enjoyed doing it. And the fact that it was I was the first ever plus size fashion columnist. You know, I'm a size at the time I was a size I'm still a size twenty four. At the time I was a size twenty four and I just had never when I looked at my I looked at myself in a magazine, I thought, imagine if I'd have seen me mm. in a magazine when I was growing up, would mm. I have had all these problems? Mm. And so yeah, it was amazing to see myself there. Because when you were growing up, was there nothing like that in the magazines? No. I mean when I look back at how I felt when I was younger, I always felt I was I was overweight when I was after I was um, put on steroids as a, as a young girl I had really severe asthma and I put on a lot of weight but when I look back at images now I think I in my head felt like I must have had body dysmorphia because mm. I was a lot smaller than I imagined in my head that I was but yeah ultimately I never I still was bigger than everybody else and I still wasn't treated like as kindly as how my peers were treated when I was at school and I still struggled you know with be, being bullied at school but well not bullied but like kids making jokes like I used to be nicknamed calorie mm. and you know things like that and just never like feeling accepted but yeah I just felt like when I was younger I never had had anyone to look up to mm. I think the only person really that was plus size was um Dawn French mm. and it was like she was the same as how I how I felt always which was like the comedic funny 
like hearty, loving, mm-hmm. but never kind of you'd never see Dawn French as someone sexy or, you know, she would never she would never write, write say I'm beautiful or anything like that. So it wasn't like there wasn't very many positive images of, of, of women yeah. who weren't tiny, you mm-hmm. know, so it was like and I think obviously growing up around the size zero era and like heroin chic and Kate Moss modeling and those kind of that kind of imagery, you know, it was kind of it could be it was really negatively impacting my mental health. And I think a lot of people's really mm-hmm. feeling that I was never going to be like that. And that's what I needed to be like. How do you feel now body positivity has come so much more into the mainstream with brands yeah. do you feel like it's a really good thing or do you feel like brands perhaps are jumping on a bandwagon a little bit yeah it's interesting I think ultimately with brands there are brands that have been doing like been quoting plus size fashion for a really long time like Evans and Simply Be and New Look has, have always had a plus size range a section of their range and obviously now you're seeing a lot more brands adding on and I do think in part it's pressure because obviously people are calling for it and ultimately there's money to be made in the plus industry mm-hmm. because the average woman is a size at 16 to 18 so they they actually have to cater they, there is they have to cater to that because the, we we need to dress we need to wear clothes but yeah I think there's a there is a thing where I'm like is this genuine are some people really caring about mm-hmm. it or is it just a money making scheme I think some people I think as as time's going on, you're seeing more. I always find that you you see positive changes when you see people who are actually relatable to that, who are working behind the scenes, like people who I met in PR who are plus size themselves that can mm. relate. You know, and I think that should be the case with 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 all kinds of diversity. We need to see more diversity happening behind the closed doors, so that genuine change and positive impact is happening so it's real and not just because it's a money-making scheme but yeah it's it's controversial because I'm like sometimes I just think people who say they are like body positive and then they share um you know jokey memes on twitter making fun of fat people i'm like you can't say that you're body positive and then make fun of people that's not how it works Mm. and also some people have a narrow view and mindset of like what body positive is and where there's a limit where you can't be body positive so if you are if you're like a model like ashley graham who i love who she's amazing but you know ultimately she's what people consider like the perfect plus size model because she's Mm. you know she's curvy but not too curvy she's got boobs but flat stomach and she's got a bum and she's got you know and if you're someone like me who's size 24 that isn't like that I'm deemed as someone who's unhealthy promoting obesity and not good enough Mm. so it's a real there's a real issue still at, at hand there where people are kind of putting limits to what they consider mm, body positivity as the perfect plus size we've talked a lot about positivity but there must be a lot of negativity in yeah. this space do you find that there's a lot of negative comments on when you share photos on instagram and how do you deal with that yeah i mean it's been really difficult over the when i first started and it, it would happen it was really hard for me because i never you know i'd always kind of felt i'd always had little things said to me and i'd had people say things to me out in public and things but i think to have it at that amount and that level and that intensity was really hard for me I'm quite a sensitive person anyway I'm a Pisces so you know I'm a feeler of all the feels so (laughs) it was like quite hard to have people say such horrible things I think the ones that get to me more than anything are not the kind of aggressive men that just call me fat and a whale and all those things that they do because I can sort of separate them and be like okay well they are people that are unhinged and not you know they just want to be nasty and bully it's actually the more insipid ones where people write you know really horrible things and say 
you know, like I had someone write on my um, wedding photos and my honeymoon to say like, oh, you're you're gonna be in a, your husband gonna be putting you in an early grave, oh, and sorry. just like when I was featured in Vogue, which was an amazing achievement for me, which was incredible. It was in a piece that wasn't plus size specific. It was just the must have bikini of the season, in which I was included in with people like Ashley Graham, Bella Hadid, Selena Gomez. It was a roundup. It was absolutely incredible to be included in. And then when the press picked that up, a select group of people put me on a really horrible hate forum and said that I was disgusting, I didn't deserve to be in vogue and said some really horrific things like they wish, you know, I should be dragged along the road like a dog to lose weight, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't F me with a, a metal pole, that, you know, they were just, it was just horrendous. Like anything you could think of that they wouldn't, would, would be the most horrific thing you'd read, mm. they said about me. And so things like that were quite hard. They sent me lots of abuse via my personal email and I had to call the police and it was really intense. But ultimately I just had to get to a point where I was like I cannot let those people in because they're I mean that's just really cruel and there's there's something not right with them I would never dream of saying anything to anybody you know even if I had an opinion on something I would never express it in that way and ultimately they don't care whether I'm sad about it or not they actually revel in people being hurt by it and yeah even if I were you know even if I said everything they wanted to hear they still would come for me because I don't fit their ideal of what beautiful is or you know I just I just don't adhere to the rules of society mm-hmm. you know because people think that because I'm a plus size and you know that I'm promoting obesity and that I don't care but of course there are things I do care about and there are things that I worry about like every other human being but mm-hmm. ultimately I only get one life on this earth and I'm not going to stop myself from living traveling getting married but you know having friends and doing all these things and wearing fashionable clothes just because I'm overweight even if I am on a journey to to take care of my health ultimately we have to all still feel happy and still be treated with respect regardless of our health and I think people aren't ever really willing to do that they Mm. just don't respect anyone that they don't think suits their ideals which is just really sad I think I think it's horrible that they come after you in a very personal way like about being in a relationship getting married there's such personal moments that someone's trying to steal from you yeah like some of them I laugh at me and my friend Danny always laugh because there was one where they were like laughing at me in my wedding dress so like they, they were like oh the big the big fat Greek weddings um, part two and this it's like you look like a beach ball and I mean some of them I laugh about but then ones where they're like your husband's gonna be burying you are like it's vile. horrendous yeah. and vile and my husband goes absolutely he loses it because he just can't see why anyone would say such mm. horrible things but ultimately that is society we do have this a real split divide like you know you, you've got people like Piers Morgan who want to constantly argue about this that you know I just saw something yesterday on Good Morning Britain about um, Tess Holiday's cover and they just want to keep arguing about the same things over and over mm. and they don't no one else wants to listen to anyone else's point of view and it's just really tiring and I'm just actually I'm so overdoing it now that I'm just like okay well if you think I'm doing that then you think that I'm not even going to respond to it because yeah, don't let it touch it's, too, it's draining it just takes everything out of me mm. so yeah but to counteract that there is negativity but I also have this incredible community of people who I like consider like internet friends you know what I mean I, I know I've not met all of them of course but 
having people that feel like they can relate to me who we can have a laugh and you know share jokes and you know I can share fashion options with them and I can help and they message me to say oh I feel better about myself or you know I've had mums tell me they've never taken their kids swimming because they felt like they couldn't go in a swimming Mm -hmm. costume to message me with pictures of them at swimming pools with their kids being like I did this because you helped me feel more confident I literally feel like I want to cry and just like I'm like this I feel like I'm doing something with purpose because ultimately people might think I'm promoting obesity but I'm not I'm promoting loving yourself at every stage and step in your life because ultimately our bodies are going to change all of us are changing we're all aging we're all we're like we're all going to be at different stages of our life and we have this circle of shame that goes on where you know we're always constantly trying to be better than we are already and I'm just trying to teach people that there there are ways that you can feel content but also you know there are ways that if you want to do if you did want to lose weight I don't have anything against that but it's like you should still love yourself at every step mm. because that hate not at some size no. or some, and, some condition and hate doesn't hatred and negativity it doesn't drive positive change it just festers and it just gets worse and then you just it's just a vicious circle like you can't be positive about something if you are hating yourself so that's kind of the message I always want to put across people and you know my message isn't just a plus size women it's for women of all sizes you know I really believe in kind of trying to teach women of all sizes as well about kind of body positivity and you know why why people are inherently fat phobic and how we can change that because ultimately I can't do it on my own I need I need allies who are willing to say that's wrong and we should not be bullying people because of how they look and so that's kind of what we're doing but I yeah I just I have such a positive relationship with my readers I love them all they're so amazing so and tell me finally about your last career point that you'd like to mention oh so the kind of final part of the career was when I got signed with management so it was just after I got my column with Marie Claire I did that for a year but I signed with Milk Model Management and since then I have kind of really taken it seriously I've been taken seriously by the industry you know um, as an influencer digital creator and you know I've been invited to do like really lots of amazing things like amazing panel talks at Stylist Live and I've travelled around the world with different brands that I never dreamed I would you know I now actually do travel blogging which was a real passion of mine that I would share as kind of like a personal side note to everything I was doing and now I'm actually actually going on a press trip tomorrow to Mauritius so you know I'm really I, I feel like being signed with management really helped me have some kind of guidelines and a, a support and a team to help me. They helped me with my emails and contracts and my invoices and all those things. And also just having that gave me the kind of courage to quit my job because for a long time I was balancing both. When I was doing Marie Claire, I was still working nine to five. Monday to Friday and it was only just after that I realised I had to take it down to part time and then I realised that part time still was too much and Mm. that if I wanted to give everything to this career that I needed to quit um, even if it was meaning losing money I just thought it's better to be in a better place mentally where I wasn't trying to juggle 50 things and focus on one and be in a better position for you know the message I want to share and was your husband supportive with that decision? Yeah, he's been amazing. He, When I first started, he was the photographer, so he used to take all my pictures for me. But um, in the end, we used to write about that. He, like, poor Instagram husbands across the world. They are hard-worked. <laughs> we just decided I would get, like, a professional photographer. But he takes my pictures on holiday, actually, whenever we go away. And he's actually coming on a pressure tomorrow with me because we've got a joint travel page together. So he's been invited on that as oh, well, amazing. which is really cool. So, yeah, he's really supportive, and he's, like, 
I wouldn't I just wouldn't be where I am without him he's just he's so supportive there in terms of like mental support as well just like having to deal with those sorts of things that come up with never negativity and stuff he's always there to just remind me that I'm loved and supported and so that's amazing and yeah it's just so fun like to be able to do these things with him like we've had so many amazing opportunities together where we've just been traveling or you know we went to Sri Lanka and stayed uh, you know reviewed an amazing hotel and he's just so supportive of it also yeah it's really good <laughs> so what's your big goal what would be like your dream gig because I'm a big believer in manifestation yeah so I feel like if we say it it might happen what would be the dream for you so I, I definitely am wanting to start my own podcast so that's next okay. on the agenda for me but I would love to have a collection collaboration with a with a brand or have my own clothing line at some point um, it feels like very far off but I think it doesn't feel yeah. far off to me oh. who would be the dream brand um I, th- I think either ASOS or River Island. Okay. I love both of those brands. So I think that I'm very much a high street girl. So I think that would be a really nice fit. Also, simply be, so that's a lie, simply be a, a, between ASOS, simply be and River Island. Um, I love those, I love those brands. So I think it would be really cool. They're high street. Mm. They, you know, they're affordable, they're accessible. And I'm not like an overtly like dress, like really fashion I'm kind of just high street led and simple, okay. easy wear. So. Okay. So if those brands are listing had it call me yeah. <laughs> we're manifesting it now so it's we cool are. so yeah that's no, cool Callie thank you so much for being the most fantastic guest if people would like to find out more about you where should they go online so on Instagram I'm just Callie Thorpe and I also have a page called The Confidence Corner which is where I share kind of inspirational stories about confidence and that's just The Confidence Corner and I'm a Callie Thorpe on Facebook I'm not on Twitter anymore though I came off Twitter I find it too stressful because mm. we used to chat on Twitter a lot didn't yeah, we yeah we did yeah I, I just you. find I know I feel really it is quite an aggy place do you think it's getting more aggy I yeah. don't know I, have, I haven't been on there since June or July of last year but I do miss like like banter and the back and forth but I just when I was moving house last year we bought a house and we moved from southwest to east and it, I was just like I can't it was such a negative space and mm-hmm. I just needed to take some time away but maybe I can come back to it at some point come back just for me yeah I'll come back <laughs> and say hello to you and hear about all the amazing things you share on about time I just love that oh, so thank good you. thank you so much Callie thank you Thanks for listening to She Started It with Angelica Malin. If you've enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jelly Malin. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.